Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. We also talk with divorce clients about what went right and what went wrong in their divorce. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with Beth Proudfoot, a California mental health professional who's also a divorce coach and a participant in California's Divorce with Respect Week. Beth, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So, so let's let's talk about your story because uh, you you got involved in some of this work because of what you went through personally. You know that's true. I um, actually uh, divorced when I was fifty um, after a thirty-year marriage, and um, I was um, really sad. You know, I, I think everyone who's going through a divorce is a different mix of horrible, awful, negative emotions. And for me, it was grief. I was deeply, deeply sad. Uh, To me, my divorce felt like a loss, a really serious loss. And um, there, but fear was in there too. (laughs) A little bit of anger, not very much anger. My friends kept telling me, be more angry. Um, (laughs) But I was mostly sad and, and deeply afraid of a future where I would be alone and very, very poor. Um, And all of these emotions combined to clog my throat. I mean, to literally clog my throat. So when I I knew that I didn't want to do a battle in court, I'd been working with children for 30 years and very aware of the impact on children on these horrible, awful litigated divorces. So I knew I, no way I was going to do that. Um, And I didn't feel like fighting. I was sad. I wasn't angry. Um, But I knew I also couldn't mediate because I didn't have a, I literally did not have a voice. Um, when my my ex was in the room at the beginning phases here, I just was overwhelmed with emotion. So I, I'm like, what should I do? And I realized that years before I'd been to this literary event, sat next to this guy who was in a family law attorney. And he told me that he did this thing called collaborative divorce. I'm like, what the heck is that? (laughs) He said, well, um, it's a really wonderful way that we can provide a container so that people who can't mediate for one reason or another and really don't want to go to court for one reason or another can have the support they need to get through this this divorce with respect and dignity for everybody. And we find we have the best results for children. I'm like, sign me up. (laughs) That was it. Sign me up. And what happened was, you know, so in a collaborative divorce, each person has their own attorney. Each person has a divorce coach, um, of course, helping them. And my attorney and my coach felt it was their job to help me have a voice. Well, I didn't want to have a voice. I didn't have a voice. It was frustrating to me because they kept saying things like, no, we're not going to talk for you. Let's rehearse, let's practice what you want to say, and then you're going to say it. And then I'd be in the meeting and, uh, 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 and they're like, let's, let's, have, let's take a break. And they'd take me out and we'd talk and I'd calm down a little bit and they'd remind me what I'd planned to say. And then we'd come back in again. And um, a lot of things happened to my, during my divorce. I um, ended up being diagnosed with a brain tumor. 
another reason to be sad and scared. (laughs) And with that collaborative divorce, I was given the time that I needed to heal, um, both physically and mentally. Um, And really, there's not a lot of other processes that would give you that time. And in part, I got that time because my soon-to-be ex-spouse also had a wonderful attorney and a wonderful coach, and they were helping him to be patient and and, and allow the process to take some time. Um, And along the way, I learned about this kind of negotiation, this very unique kind of way to solve problems that they use in collaborative divorce. And I'm like, this is super cool. This, This could change the world. What if every time people were in conflict about whatever it was, they could get the support that they need and use the techniques that they're using in collaborative divorce? We could change the world. We could bring peace to the world. Anyway, my divorce, my own divorce was really transformational for me. I went from being kind of beaten down and depressed and worried about the future to being really inspired, actually, (laughs) finding my voice. And After it was all done, really a long time after it was all done, my attorney and my coach came to me and they said, you know, you'd be really good at this. You already have the chops. You're a a marriage and family therapist. You've worked with kids for a long time. You understand about divorce. You understand about mediation. We we, we think you'd, you'd be good at this. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I could try. So, (laughs) so I started to do the work myself and I'm still inspired by it. I'm, I'm inspired by my clients. I'm inspired by, by my fellow professionals. Um, and I'm still thinking we could maybe change the world by teaching this way of resolving differences uh, that's in a way that's peaceful and respectful. You know, we did a thing with you several years ago, and I'll always remember a part of what you said was when that happens, when you have this collaborative divorce process, that there's this this feeling that comes over you that it's, it's a, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was talking with a group of collaborative professionals just like last week, and I asked them, what's your favorite part of this work? And they said, well, there's a lot of setup for this, but eventually you get to the magic moment. Yeah. And they it's funny because I thought I was the only one who experienced this, but it's not true. We all, and that's what we work for. That's what we long for. That's where like, yeah, we got to set it up. We got to set it up. We got to set it up. And then there's this, it's an aha. It's an everyone breathes out. Oh, we actually could solve this problem in a way that everyone feels like yeah, that works for me. It's it's not the original way everyone thought it was going to work out. Everybody had a, a first idea of what would work for them. But, oh, that's a surprise. Oh, that would work. Yeah. And that's, we, we all live for that. That's, I mean, I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of lawyers in particular, lawyers who are doing collaborative divorce make less than lab, than lawyers who do litigated divorces. It's it, There's less money in it. Because you resolve the conflict, you don't keep it going for 10,000 years. <laughs> you, know, you don't like spend hours in court doing nothing. So they do make less money, but they live for that aha moment. That makes their job worthwhile. Right? I've, heard, I've heard some people say that, that that magic moment is often driven by 
the financial neutral who has presented these different options and and suddenly the those fears about money you begin to see what it's going to look like do you would you agree is is it is is that part of the magic of collaborative is what that financial neutral brings to the table yes i absolutely do believe so and you know i have huge respect for it. so being a mediator was not part of their training <laughs> when they learned how to be a CPA, right? <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, you know, get training in how to be a mediator, but um, the skilled mediation and the really amazing information that the financials can bring to the table. It's like, Oh, and in fact, I remember telling my lawyer at the beginning of my own divorce, my deepest fear is I'm going to live my retirement in a cardboard box. Right. And then, you know, then the financial comes up all these scenarios. Well, if you sold the house, this is what your financial future looks like. Well, if you kept the house, this is what your financial future looks like. It's like, oh, well, actual information. Hmm. That does a lot to allay fears, right? Oh, real information. Oh, that does a lot to help you figure out what, what a wise choice would be. So, yes, I agree the financials have a lot to do with it. I like to think that the coaches have a lot to do with it, too, because what we're doing is helping people to regulate their emotions so that when they're in that meeting, listening to what the information is, they can hear it. They're not flooded with all these emotions, which mean they're in their fight or flight brain and, and can't think logically. Right. So and and <laughs> those attorneys have a lot to do with it, too, because they're telling people, you know, we can follow the law or not. This is what the law is. You guys can make your own decision. I'm going to be right here by your side to make sure you don't do anything stupid. <laughs> For a lot of people like me, that's very reassuring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Just knowing you've got somebody in your corner like that. Right. And sometimes the people who might do something stupid are the people who who when they're stressed out, become kind of bullying. Right. My way or the highway. Right. And that's a mistake. And a good, strong mediating lawyer. And there's so many great, amazing lawyers and collaborative. They're going to help that person who has a tendency to want to control things when they're feeling fear. No. Relax. It's okay. I'm not let. I'm not going to let you to take that role because it's it's going to get you into trouble. It's not going to get you what you want. We're going to try something different here. Yeah. So I heard maybe, a lawyer. I heard a lawyer once say that 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 the biggest obstacle to settling a divorce is getting over the fear. Yeah. 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 And you know it's. The fear is real and it's based on reality. And so I, I don't want to diminish that fear and just say, well, that's just something we have to get, you know, go over. Right. It's it's real and it's um, based on reality. There's reasons to be afraid about your future when you're, when you're divorcing, you know. So I, I don't want to take that fear lightly and just say, oh, that's a kind of a hurdle we have to get over. That's something we have to take seriously and work through. Right. And sometimes that takes time to and attention to, well, what's your worry about? What's what is that fear? Let's take that seriously. Let's get information about it. Right. Um, let's think about the pros and cons for avoiding that thing that you're afraid of. Right. How do how would we do that? Let's take that step by step 
right? So it's not it's not like, well, just stop being afraid and everything will be okay. There's more to it than that. But that's right, right? As, as soon as we can address that fear and however we can address it, right? And get people to go, oh, actually, I am going to be okay, right? Oh, actually, I, I have three choices here and in all of them, I'm okay, right? Oh, whew. Now I can make a choice between these three choices. Yeah. yeah, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but but one of the advantages of the collaborative process, you're not any on anybody else's timetable. You're on your own timetable for getting through those kinds of things and and not feeling pressure to get it done because you've got a court hearing next week or something. That's very true. And I, I have to tell you that there there's probably half and half people who want to pull that Band-Aid off as fast as they can and people who really need to take some time. Um, and I, I, my own bias is that we go the pace of the slowest person, right? And that's going to give you the wisest results for everybody. Um, so, and it's, it's frustrating for people who want to just like, let's just, I, I made this decision. Let's just do it and get it over with. Yes. It's true that at the, when you're at the end, there will be less angst because there'll be fewer decisions to be made. You've made all the decisions, but it's also true that taking your time can help the fears to go away because you've addressed them all. Right. And just the passage of time can help all of those, um, emotions of loss lesson right um of guilt lesson a bit time has gone by oh gosh i'm living in my close place and you know nothing horrible has happened right you know it just it really does help and i i agree with you each couple needs to take their own pace i mean i just had a case where we made a lot of decisions really fast and this was collaborative case and the professionals were going all going, oh, these people should slow down. They should slow down. But the couple needed to work fast, right? Both of them. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And we got about halfway through. <laughs> okay, now we're going to take our time. Right? So it's not like we're going to be slow and steady the whole time. Everybody's pace is different. And sometimes immediate decisions need to be made fast right and that's another advantage of not being at the court i mean right now post covid i think probably across the country the uh family law courts are just they're even worse in terms of being impacted than they were before covid you know it's just um really hard to get a court date and then when you do it's a deadline right so yeah um any process and not just collaborative process if you do mediation if you do it yourself you have much more uh, control over the pace, which is a good thing. I just would say when I, I'm saying that joint you, you and your ex have control over the pace, right? Okay. Um, so so uh, Divorce with Respect Week uh, in California is coming up March 6th through 10th. And mm -hmm. people who are interested in getting more information can uh, uh, do a consultation with uh, an attorney, with a financial professional, or with a mental health professional uh, such as yourself. If somebody wants to talk to you, what does that conversation look like? Well, uh, usually it's both. I like to have both members of the couple with me at the same time. That's helpful 
Um, Because then both people are getting the information at the same time. Um, That doesn't always happen. Sometimes people contact me individually to get a consultation. Um, And in that consultation, I'll often refer them to our divorce options class, which will give them a really deep grounding in all the different choices that they have um, and and encourage them to ask their spouse to also go to that class. Right. It's free in most jurisdictions and very, very useful information. Um, Oftentimes that I'll just go right into what are your hopes and what are your concerns? Um, Usually when people are consulting with me, they're really worried about their kids. Uh, You know, I I act as a child specialist in collaborative divorce. Um, That's a neutral professional who really works on, you know, interviewing the children even to figure out what's important to them. Um, And so people are worried about how do we talk to our kids about the divorce? Um, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and so, and, and I, I'll do a little bit of help with that. I, I, sometimes I'll set up another meeting where we really dive into how to talk, you know, develop a script for how to talk to the kids about the divorce. Um, but oftentimes when we get into hopes and concerns, that will help me to see what the substantive issues are here and um, what kind of process would be best. You know, I think a lot of people really could just do a single mediator mediation and be fine, you know? Um, when there's more complexity, when there's someone who can't talk, <laughs> when there's somebody who's a little bit of a bully when they get uh, afraid, um, and somebody who's a little bit of a yes man when they get afraid, um, maybe maybe mediation is not gonna be the best, you know, thing. And I can't always suss that out in a 30 minute consultation, but I can try, right? Um, and I can get some question questions answered. Sometimes people have very specific questions about if we do mediation, is it legal, right? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And um, what what is it about collaborative that makes it best for the kids? That, then I get to get on my high horse and tell them. <laughs> and, and they want me to help them to, to form a team. Right. So that so some part of that consultation is often who's the next person to call? You know, what's the next thing to do? Um, you know, is the next thing to do to talk to your spouse? And I can give a little bit of advice about how to do that. Um, uh, is the next thing to do to contact an attorney? Um, uh, or to think about who might be on their collaborative team. Um, so anyway, that's basically what. Yeah. And and I guess one of the things in with divorce with respect week, they might schedule a consultation with you. You might say you should talk to an attorney, and during divorce with respect week, they'd have another opportunity to do a consult for no charge with an attorney uh, to get more information. Yeah, so. exactly. And you know, I think for people, what what people need to know is that you're thinking about process, which is super important. The process you to choose is going to determine the results of your divorce. So really thinking hard about process and discerning which process is going to be the best for your family. Um, but also people, right? Because you might have a 30-minute consultation with someone and go, well, I just didn't really like that person. It's like, okay, <laughs> good to know, <laughs> right? Or they said something that just really turned me off. Okay, well, let me just try someone else. Because, I mean, I remember this from when I was a kid, I took singing lessons. I wanted to be an, uh, I wanted to be a Broadway star. So I was, I was into this whole thing. I took singing lessons and I had one one instructor that kept saying, well, you need to make your tone darker. 
And I'm like, wow, what does that mean? Darker? I don't even know what that means. And I had another another uh, vocal teacher who's, who just said, all right, you're flat. And he would kick, literally kick me in the butt. <laughs> He'd be playing the piano and kick me in the butt. And I'm like, oh, I get you. <laughs> and then I understood what they had meant by darker, but I really didn't get it, right? So that's part of it too, is just, does this person kind of speak your language, right? Do you, do you really kind of understand what they're talking about when they're speaking? And that's important to know too. So process, that's important and fit, right? Is this someone I can trust to help me with the most important thing that's ever happened to me? Yeah. That's great. Beth, we sure do appreciate your joining us on the Respectful Divorce podcast today. Uh, uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure, Tim. Yeah. So Divorce with Respect Week in California is March 6th through 10th. You can get more information at divorcewithrespectweek.com. Again, thanks, Beth. You're welcome. Take good care, everyone.